Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? It's good to see you as Pastor Chase uh, said. My name is Josh Kaisma. Who loves Pastor Chase and Pastor Sarah? Come on. Let's honor them. They're not here, but we give honor where honor is due. I'm so thankful to be here with the leadership of this house. And um, I'm, just, I'm just excited to see what the Lord does today. Um, as Pastor Chase was saying, I have uh, just recently transitioned out of 16 years of youth ministry. So if you were like, man, did he dye his hair gray? No, no, no. That's a lot of lock-ins. Um, if you've ever done a lock-in, you know why it's gray. Um, and so my wife and I just recently just answered the call to plant a church in Ottawa, Tennessee. And we are so humbled and excited just to see uh, what the Lord's going to do in that community. Um, I'm so thankful to be married to my beautiful wife, Lisa, of 17 years. Uh, listen, if you, yeah, right? Come on. Um, if you don't believe in tithing, you should, because I definitely married way up, way, way up. I have two wonderful girls, uh, Raylan and River. Raylan's 11 uh, and River's five. Raylan is like my artsy-fartsy girl. Like she is like super creative. She wakes up in the morning and she has a new song on her heart. She's dancing and God is good and he's wonderful. And she's like super creative all the time. It's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm making something. Like, do you have any kids where you buy them toys, but they play with the boxes? What is with that? Um, I like it's, She's just super creative. Now, there's River, and River's a thug, okay? There's, there's no way to put it. Actually, I've been trying to change my language. She's our CEO. That's what I call her because when she hears me say that, I don't want to give her a stigma. But, like, she would walk out of childcare and grab two things of gummies and look back like, say something, right? And so, like, the, the, the children's church pastors would come to me and say, Pastor Josh, I just want to talk to you about River. Um, and I said, yeah. She was like, man, every time she does that, I just feel like I owe her rent money. Are, are we good? I was like, yes, you're good. Um, and so I'm so thankful. I love my family. I'm also especially thankful for this guy on the front row. This is Alan Sparks, one of my dear friends. It's very rare that we get to run with people your whole life. And so Alan was my mentor in high school, and he really was the guy that taught me how to be a youth pastor just to how to love kids and, and, and really just spend time with them, with mentor them. So, Pastor Allen, I love you, bro. Thank you so much, man, for being here with me. Uh, could we just real quick, let's stand for the reading of the word, um, and then we're going to get into this thing. The word today comes from 2 Chronicles, and I'm going to start with verse 9, 20, chapter 20, verse 9. It says this, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, Lord, for your name is in this house. And we cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear us and save us. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come before you today, and I just ask that I would decrease and that you would increase and God that we would just align ourselves with your word today that we would walk away from this moment transformed not because of a speaker or a a, a, a title that rhymes or anything like that but God because your word is life-changing your word is powerful your word is a two-edged sword 
And so today, God, we just ask that you would give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, a heart that is sensitive to the move of the Spirit. And God, I pray that Legacy Church, those of us in this room and those of us online, that we would be the good soil. That, God, we hear your word, we we wrap our lives around your word, and for it, we bear much fruit. We give you all the glory, Jesus, and all the praise. In your name we pray. We all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, How many of you have ever had a spouse just give you, like, some wisdom, and you totally just blew it off. Anybody besides me, please raise your hand. Okay, thank you. Um, Just recently, you're raising her hand. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Good luck at home today. Um, So here's the thing, right? So like my wife and I just last weekend, uh, we had some guests coming in um, for a, a special service for a friend that passed away. And we wanted to do something special for them. So we're like, let's go downtown Chattanooga and let's go to this little place called Locals Only and get some like gifts from around the community. And so downtown Chattanooga, there's literally no place to park. And so I pulled up and I said, hey, Walgreens, we'll go to Walgreens. Um, We will go shopping in Walgreens for the stuff in the basket. And we'll go across the road and, uh, you know, get the little gifts. And my wife said, I don't think you should park here. And I said, why is that, babe? She goes, the sign says you'll be towed. Okay, first off, that's suggestive. You know, come, like, re- really? Like, I, I looked at it, I was like, babe, we're going to go shopping at Walgreens. Um, we're just, we're just going to take a little detour just for a few minutes. A few minutes. And we'll be right back. We'll shop. It'll be great. And you know that, like, the, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking Yeah. It's like a statement and a, are you sure? She was like, okay. Uh, We got out. We went across the street to locals only, and we're finding these little trinkets and stuff. And and so we get done with our purchases, and we're walking across the road. And I say to myself, self, where the heck is your car? (laughs) Fifteen minutes. I was in locals only for 15 minutes. What kind of racket is this? I walked in for 15 minutes. I come out and my car is gone. I look at my wife and she just, with those confident, loving, I told you so eyes. You know you've been married for 17 years when they don't even have to say it. They just go, why are you always right? You know? And so she goes in, um, to, to be a Christian Karen, um, there's a difference. So she goes in to talk to the Walgreens store saying, um, like, we're literally shopping here. Why did you tow our car? And I'm, like, out in the parking lot going, where's my phone? It's in the car. And, like, the moment I started realizing where's my stuff, I look to the right, and they're pulling another car out of the lot. So I just walk over and just knock on the door. I say, hey, how are you? They're like, good. How's your day? Good. Where's my car? You know, um, instantly those guys just like, they're prepared for like conflict. They like back up against the thing. and put, I'm just like, dude, don't shoot me. I just asked a question. 
Like, where do I go to get in my car? And they're like, oh, you got to go to Rossville Boulevard. And I'm like, okay, it's only 20 minutes away. So my wife and I are getting together. Um, we decided just to calm down and go across the street and eat some tacos because nothing fixed a bad problem like tacos. And so we're sitting there and we're discussing and she goes, well, how do we get our car back? I was like, I don't know. I asked the guy if they Ubered us, um, but they don't. It's okay to laugh. It's cool. I can laugh now. Sort of. <laughs> um, and so uh, we're having this conversation and she's like, where's, where's my phone? And I'm like, no. Nah. Like, that's how long we were going to be in the store. You know, if you leave your stuff in the car, you weren't going to be there long. Um, that's how fast they had it. And so, luckily, we, you know, the Apple Watch, thank God for that thing. So, I called a friend, and uh, I said, hey, would you take us to get our car? And he's like, like man, I, first off, I called another friend. Do you know that friend? Like, I, I said, hey, man, could you... Could you take me to get in my car? And he says, where's your car? I said, it's been towed. And he laughed at me. So I hung up and called another friend. Um, and so uh, I, I called another friend. He came and got us. And I'm in the car. And I'm just going to be honest, okay? It was a sacrifice for us to just buy the gifts because we're church planners, right? Uh, we're, we are, we're not rolling in it. We're like over here going like, now if we do we save here, we can get this candle because, man, it's a dolly, you know. And I'll, we're just walking across the road, and when you see your car gone, you go, oh, I just wish I would have listened to my wife. Amen. All the girls are like, mm -hmm. Stare. you're staring at him. Mm -hmm. He's preaching. <laughs> um, so we're in the car, and I'm just mad. Because they told me it was $300 cash. And I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at my wife, and I'm looking at my billfold, and like butterflies are coming out, and I'm like, this is just, this is just one of those days. And I'm mad, because I literally was shopping in Walgreens. Uh, we found out they're like, we don't care. Like, when you leave the building, your car's up for grabs. I was like, God. So, man, it's a little, uh, little tight around here. So we get there, and um, I look at my wife, and I say, do you remember that sermon by a guy named Robbie Dawkins? And she said, no. I said, awesome. He said this one phrase. He says, when you face adversity, make the devil pay. And I was like, awesome. Let's make the devil pay. And I'm going, how do I do that? Like, does he have a Venmo? You know? <laughs> Everybody got a Venmo. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, bro. And I'm sitting there, and I felt like the Spirit of God was like, man, go in there and turn this thing upside down. Like, you could be mad, or you could say this is an opportunity. So I was like, bet. So we walk in. I remember the words, when you have adversity, make the devil pay. I walk in, and I said, here to get my car. They're like, the white one? I was like, you knew it. And uh, there's... There's three good old boys, a pit bull, and a young lady behind the desk. And um, I'm looking around, and I have that moment where it's like you're either going to do something or you're going to be mad and pay and walk out. And I was like, listen, true, this is a true story. Listen, I could be ticked off, but I'm not going to be. They're like, yeah, you parked there, idiot. 
I'm like, but I'm not going to be. Instead, I'm going to turn this thing around, and I'm going to pray for anybody who wants prayer. Anybody want prayer? Homie on the couch looks up. He goes, man, we always like prayer. <laughs> so I, I, I walk over to him. He scoots over. <laughs> it's a futon. I'm sitting... Sitting down on the futon, you know, almost collapse it. The guy over here gets up, comes over. I, I, I literally grab his hand and ask, you know, because we're here now. So I grab his hand, and the other guy comes in, and we're like, I'm praying. And I was like, Jesus, my setback appears to be their setup. So, Lord... I just, and we just went for it. I mean, I prayed for their dog. I prayed for their family. I prayed for their, I was like, Lord, I pray this business would prosper. <laughs> They're like, amen. I'm like, come on. I'm like, come on. And, and so, like, I'm having this moment, and I get done, and I'm like, okay, I feel better. And I walk over to her, and I say, do you have anything you'd like to pray for? She's like, shh, shh, shh. She's like, no, I think you covered it. That'd be $300. <laughs> I took it out. One, two, three. I paid it. And I'm turning around and I'm seeing the guy. He's like wiping his eyes. They're like, where's your uh, registration at? We looked in the glove box. I said, oh, about that. Uh, I forgot to. And he's like, you know what? Don't worry about it, Pastor. It's like, oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks. We can get the $300 back. Um, and so I walk outside, and another guy comes out. He's like, really appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much. And we're like, absolutely. I'm so glad we could help. And I get in the car with my wife, and she looks at me. And instead of crying, we died laughing. Literally, we are wheezing in the like America towing, shout out America towing, be prosperous. Um, like we are dying laughing. She was like, did you seriously pray for the dog? It's like, they don't have nine lives like cats, babe. You know? Um, and so we're driving down the road and it shifted. What once we were so mad and so frustrated and so disappointed, we literally were like, that's awesome. Man, that was such a, such a cool moment. And she was like, bro, I just can't believe that that just happened. I was like, I know. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, man, we all have battles. We all have setbacks. I mean, if we're, if we're honest, some of us right now, are, we might be facing some of the most difficult times in our marriage in our children, in our finances, in our jobs, in our health. And we're saying, how do we win this battle? And so today, I just want to encourage us that we can't fight this one in the flesh. So I, I want to give you a little, a little context of the verse that I, I read earlier. Um, just, I'm going to give you some homework because literally it's the longest chapter in the Bible, it seems like. Um, and so when you go home today, just read this whole chapter because it is just packed full of just amazing stuff. So it's Second Chronicles chapter 20. Um, but when we're sitting there 
and, and, and processing what the Lord was trying to say today is this. He was like, you're going to have battles, but I'm, I'm wondering what will your response be? I, I have failed the towing test far more than I've, I've, I've passed it. Many a times I would walk in there with my entitled self and said, you took my car. And they're like, you parked in a place that said we'd tow you. And I was like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Sometimes we invite our own problems. Well, that's just that's for another day. In the context of the scripture, we see where Jehoshaphat has been introduced uh, to this idea that there are three enemy armies on the way. And he is overwhelmed by the sheer amount of people who were heading to fight them. And so Jehoshaphat is sitting there and he's processing, how are we going to fight this battle that we know we can't win? How many of you have some battles that you know that right now, without the Lord's help, without the Lord's intervention, we're, we're up a creek without a paddle. And so Jehoshaphat is in this moment and he's saying, what am I going to do? They're on the way. There's so many of them. We're going to be utterly destroyed. And he said, let's go to the Lord. I'm going to give you a bunch of points. And the first point is this. What is your first response? Verse 3, Jehoshaphat was afraid, and yet he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. Judah. When you have that moment, when you know the fight is on the way, who is your first phone call? Because if we're honest, sometimes our first phone call is our spouse. Sometimes our first phone call is our friend. Sometimes our first phone call is fear. But Jehoshaphat says, no, 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 no. We're going to call on the Lord. I want to let you know right now that I cannot promise you that everything's going to end up the way that you want it. But I promise you this, that when he's your first call, it will end far better than it would on your own. Where do I go? Who do you run to? When your marriage seems like it's shambles, when the kids are acting up, literally when they have a friend group that you're saying, I don't like these kids. How do you handle it? Where do you go to? Jehoshaphat says, the first place I go is to the Lord. The first place you and I should go to when the battle comes to our doorstep. Did you, like, can we just acknowledge this real quick? Jehoshaphat wasn't looking for a fight. A fight came to him. You might not be in a battle at this moment. Maybe you just came out of that season and you have the victory. Maybe you've never had a battle at all. But I'm not here to discourage you. It's on the way. I'm not here to make you upset at me. I'm telling you life has a way of presenting challenges. It's life. But you and I don't have to respond to those challenges in our flesh. 
And so Jehoshaphat's first response was unto the Lord. And then here's the next thing. We need to have our response be with prayer. And Jehoshaphat said, O Lord God, our fathers, are, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all of the kingdoms, over all the nations. In your hand is power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. That's verse 6. How many of us are guilty of talking more about our problems than praying? Some of us in this room, we might be fighting a battle of unforgiveness. Can I give you a, just a, a golden nugget that I've learned personally in my own life over the last few months? Is that when you talk about it, all it does is get messier. When you talk about it, all you have to do is apologize more. But I've learned that the more you pray about it, the less you talk about it. If you're in this room today and you are facing unforgiveness, let me challenge you real quick. Calling your best friend, it might seem helpful. It might seem like, oh, they're my bestie, they're good. Listen, sometimes your unforgiveness is not their problem. And unwillingly, if we're not careful, we can sow seeds that we wish we would have never planted. But when you talk to the Lord about what's going on, I promise you, you'll never regret it. When you talk to him more, you talk to people less. And this is the thing. When we go through something like unforgiveness, that's, that's so personal. That's so in, like internal that sometimes you, can, you can't reason your way out of unforgiveness. Like, I've been in many a services where we'll preach the truth, be like, well, you can't have bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. You should forgive those who wrong you. And then we leave, and you go, yeah, but how? But how do I forgive? I don't want this offense in my life. I don't want to carry this bitterness. I don't want to spread this. I, I want to deal with this. Well, if we're honest, unforgiveness is a heart thing. Unforgiveness is a mind thing. The trauma that you and I have walked through in some of the scenarios of life, it literally will have us have an emotional response if anything looks like what we've encountered before. But you know what? That when we go to the Lord in prayer and we seek his face, there's an empathy and a grace that is supernatural that, that just rests on you, that he makes the unforgiveness that has been brooding in your heart possible to forgive because it's not you. It's him. When you go through the trials and the storms of life, are you talking more than you're praying? The next response Jehoshaphat has is this. He says, we need to respond with surrender. Verse 12 says this. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know. Listen, if we would get this in our heart and make this a part of our language, we would do far better. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do 
Do we have any fixers in the room? Okay. <laughs> That's always a slow hand raise, you know? <laughs> I'm a fixer. My wife is a venter. <laughs> they don't go together. <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, this and all that. And I'm like, well, you know if you. She was like. Okay. Isn't it amazing how we're so good at fixing everybody else's problems, but we're horrible at fixing our own? That's a whole other sermon. We'll preach that. We'll preach that the second service. We're so good at trying to grab a hold of it and strive. Some of us have been fighting the same battle for so long, we are actually exhausted because we are working so hard in our own strength. And the Lord, he's just saying, surrender. Give it to me. Let me fight your battle for you. Let me take it for you. Let me give you wisdom. Let me give you strategy. Let me give you supernatural intervention. But what we do... Come on, if we're honest, it's the last resort. We've been taught surrender is weakness. Surrender is necessary. Not to the battle that we're fighting, but to the Lord who fights our battles. Jehoshaphat didn't walk out there and wave the white flag. No, no, no. He waved that in his, prior, his private prayer room. Lord, I, I can't. The sooner that we can acknowledge our frailty and our humanity, the sooner that we acknowledge that we can't but he can, it will just supernaturally, I'm telling you, it will expedite the process of victory. And that moment when I looked at my wife and I said, I'm going to make the devil pay, and went in there and just obeyed what I felt like the Spirit was saying. When I got in the car, I was like, what $300? What tow bill? What? Because what happened was, I said, you know what? The earth is a Lord and the fullness thereof. If you can't help me with this thing, if you didn't see this thing coming, in my own foolishness, I parked there, not you, God. But the sooner I surrendered, the sooner I found peace with it. And if we're honest, some of us right now, that's the thing that we're really longing for in this battle, is peace. Where does our help come from? Your self-work and discipline and management. And like, that's why so many times when we, when we step into sin... And then we get into this like fix it mode. We, we put all of our focus on the very thing that we did and we obsess over not doing it again. Can anybody relate to this? We're like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. But what happens when that's our affection? Don't do that, don't, don't do that, don't do that. Instead of looking at Jesus, we look at the problem and the moment you're, you have an off day, because you will have an off day. When you have an off week, when you have an off month, <laughs> if that is your, that's your focus, where are you going to go back to? The thing that had your attention. 
But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the closer we get to Jesus, the further we are from our problems. Are you surrendering today? Is your response to whatever you're walking through, is it surrender? Or is it, I got myself into this mess. I'm going to have to get myself out of it. Well, Pastor Josh, that's just responsibility. I'm not saying don't be responsible for your mess. I'm saying sometimes you can't fix it on your own. Then he responds with faith. Verse 15. He said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. Where's your faith in this moment? Where's your faith at in this moment? When dealing with your family, when dealing with your children, when dealing with your spouse, when dealing with your job, where's your faith in this moment? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I was in that car on the way to the tow truck place going, I don't know how I can recover $300. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this mess. The rents, the rents do, electrics do, waters do. I, I was so irresponsible. And I'm literally in that car ride, and I'm trying to act like I have it all together, but really on the inside, I'm going, you do this you're so irresponsible you handled that wrong you should have listened you should have followed through you should have and that's what happens right like when we allow fear to be the thing that leads us in moments of battle times we always got into the the shouldas and the couldas I wish I would have and then it's just the thing that just overruns you because you just keep thinking oh my gosh why? How? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Listen, it was a $300 tow bill. Come on. This is three enemy armies. <laughs> okay? If we can't trust God with the tow bills, We either believe his word or we don't. We either trust that he is who he says he is or we don't. And that's a hard thing to, to really process. Because if we're honest, we get real good at the happy clappy jumping up and down and we're really, really good at expressing ourselves in worship, but we go home and live in fear. We're really good around people, but when we get alone, we go... I don't know what I'm going to do. 
Like how many of us have literally surrendered things at the altar, felt the freedom of God, the victory of God, walked out and picked it right back up because of fear? I've done it 100,000 times. I don't want you to think that I'm preaching from a place I've never been to. I'm like, no, every day I'm like, oh, just surrender. Oh, just trust. Have faith. Trust God. It's the truth, but it's a hard truth because it feels very irresponsible, but it's not. Because here's the thing. Sometimes when we surrender it to the Lord, we don't think we have to do anything else. Actually, that's not true at all. Jehoshaphat, he, he has this moment in verse 17. He says, now you have to respond by showing up. He has faith, but the Lord still says, I need you to show up. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah, O Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Just because we have faith does not mean we don't have to show up. Like we were just talking about this in the car. Like imagine the people of Israel when they got delivered from Egypt, right? Like the plagues. The whole Nile turns into blood, frogs, gnats, flies, all the stuff. They're like, wow, what a coincidence. The weather's kind of weird. <laughs> no, it was the Lord, right? So they get to this water, this massive place, and they're like, how are we going to get across? Oh, my gosh. And the boy's like, hold my staff. You know, like, it's like, oh. And they're like, they walk on dry ground. They're hungry. They're complaining. God sends manna. Manna means, what's this? Exactly. That's what manna means. What's this? Yeah, I like that, didn't you? God was trying to let these people know, I got you, boo. I got you. Fire by night, cloud by day. These people literally have like the great, before maps were ever invented, just follow the cloud, turn left. <laughs> Wait, put up your tent. Okay, it's moving, let's follow it. You know, like they, all, this whole supernatural encounter from the Lord, right? They get at the, at the base of the promise that God given them. He says, now I want you to fight but I will fight with you. And they literally said, what the heck is this? You bring us out here to kill us? Look at these giants. They're huge. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And like Joshua and Caleb's like, did you not just get a full belly off of what is this? <laughs> what is this? Yes. <laughs> Did you not just follow a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day? How did you get here? Water split. Like, I bet all the fishermen were like, ah, there you are. Coming back for you. (laughs) Supernatural. And then they get there, and the Lord says, I just want you to fight. I'll fight with you. And they said, you're here to kill me. 
ridicule me. How many times is that us? We trust the Lord until he tells us to show up. I'll be honest with you, when I walked in the toe, the, the little toe shop, I literally was like, you're not going to do this. That is really stupid. And that thing on the inside of me was like, no, I literally want to use this. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to look real stupid. They probably were still like, you remember that guy? That was wild. We still got his money. <laughs> Sucker. But here's the thing that I want you to understand is that when you have the faith to show up, he does too. He does too. He says, I'm not here to leave you nor forsake you. I want to lead you in through this whole thing. Respond with faith. Respond by showing up. This is the hard one. Actually, if the band could come out here. Verse 22. Respond with worship. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so that they were routed. It's hard that when we're really going through stuff to respond in worship. It's hard sometimes to just not sing songs because there's words on the screen, but to really say out of the abundance of my heart, of my mouth. I will worship you, O God. Listen, as they were worshiping and giving praise unto the Lord, the Lord's like, just show up and worship. And when they started worshiping, the battle started raging within the three enemy armies. Confusion happened. They didn't know who was the enemy. They were just fighting each other. Literally, the Lord caused such confusion that this destruction that was on the way to the people of Israel, he handled it. And they didn't have to touch one sword. Can we stand to our feet? happened, verse 27, when they saw that the battle was won by the Lord, listen, they responded with joy. This is not a new concept for us. Let's be honest for a minute. Some of you have went through many battles and trusted the Lord and he brought you the victory. But the question that I want to ask you today is, did you keep your joy? 
because we have to understand this, that the battles that have been won in our past, they prophesy for the victories of our future. And you and I can worship from a place of remembrance that God showed up once, he'll show up again. That when you're faced in opposition, that you can literally choose joy. Do you know what happens to the enemy's plans and assignment? When you choose joy, it turns on themselves. And it literally wins the lost. When was the last time you were faced with an opposition and you trusted the Lord and he brought you out of it and your friends and your family and your co-workers said, why are you so happy? How, how, how did this happen? You said, it's the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord strong and powerful, the Lord who fights my battles. Literally, when you surrender your battles to him and he brings you the victory, it's not just your victory, it's also for theirs. He's not far from you. He's not absent in your suffering. He didn't sleep on you in this thing. He knows where we're at. He literally knows where we're at and he's not afraid. He's just saying, do you trust me? Are you going to fight this thing in the flesh or are you going to fight this thing in the spirit? Because it's a choice. And there's been many battles that we have won and lost. And tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, there's going to be opportunities for us to respond. How are we responding right now? How are we responding in this moment when our, our marriage is literally on the edge of the knife? You're just one fight away from filing the papers. Some of us right now, I was praying earlier and the Lord was just really putting on my heart sickness. You are looking at sickness, but you are also worried about the bills. And you feel like you're torn. You're like, I'm going to lose the battle on this side and I'm going to lose the battle on this side and then I don't know what to do and I don't know where to go and I don't know how it's going to happen. And he's just saying, trust me. Worship me. Show up and watch me do my thing. You may have gotten yourself in a mess, but he's faithful to get you out of it. A mess may have just showed up on your doorstep and you didn't ask for anything and you didn't do anything wrong. It just showed up. And now you're going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get myself out of this? Choose to respond in the spirit and I want to prophesy with this last verse verse 30 and the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel so that the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest all around I want to prophesy to you today that what God wants to do is not just lead you through this battle, but he wants to silence every other. He wants to silence every other battle that will try to come on your doorstep and cause you to be in fear. 
come on, if we're honest, analysis paralysis. We stare at it and we do nothing. 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 I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to get through this. Turn your eyes to the Lord because he's not afraid and he has a plan. He's just wondering how you'll respond. I was driving home from meeting with, you know, when you launch a church, you just meet with people constantly. Everybody just wants to talk. Everybody wants to learn. Uh, and, and we just got done having a dinner with a family, and they gave us a card. And on the way home, my phone lights up, and it says, for towing. And it was $300 from a friend. And ask for anything. My wife opens the card and there's $500 cash. In that moment, I literally took inventory and I said, with the gifts, with the tow, with everything, it was 850, no, it was $425. And by the time I got home, we had 850. I didn't ask for that. I didn't look for that. I didn't try to manipulate something. The Lord was just like, watch this. And this is a true story. And I, and I probably shouldn't tell on myself, but I'm going to. I got so excited. I was like jerking the car. I was like, girls. Like I told my children in this process of planting a church, I said, it's just as much for you as it is for anyone else. I said, because I want you, I want my girls to see the faithfulness of God I want my girls to say, we have lived it. We have lived God. We trusted God, and he never failed us. I believe that if my children will see God in their faithfulness, that when he asks something from them, they will say yes faster than I did. And I'm jerking the car, and I'm like praise. I'm literally crying. I'm high-fiving my kids in the back seat. Look at God. Look at God. And I get pulled over. True story. I'm not lying. True story. And my faith was at an all-time high. I was like, yes! I, I literally, I, I promise you, don't judge me. I looked at my kids and I said, watch this. Homie pulls up, says, are you drunk? I said, not on wine. That used to put, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. I literally was like, oh, no, sir, I'm sorry. He was like looking in the backseat. He's like, you're driving like a moron and you have your, your family in this car. What are you doing? I was like, officer, I'm so, I'm so sorry. He said, shh, license and registration. I said, oh, about registration. Don't, I don't actually have my registration. He said, give me your license. Where's your insurance card? I said, let me get my phone, okay? And so I'm like, oh, here it is. And he was like, I'll be back. And I'm looking at my kids and I'm going, it's a setup. It's a setup. I'm going to make a pay. I'm going to... Literally, I'm such a foolish person. Officer comes up, 
literally, he's half my age. He is shaming the heck out of me. He's like, why would you drive this irresponsible? What is so important for you to get home this way? And I'm going, yes, sir, I'm sorry. Yes, sir, I'm sorry. Well, actually, God just provided for my family a miracle, and I was just celebrating, and that's why I was everywhere. I said, officer, and I looked back and smiled at my kids. I said, can I pray for you for anything? He said, yeah. You can pray that you would be a better driver. And my wife goes, He said, did you know that your tags expired? Do you know you don't have your registration or a physical insurance card and your address on your license doesn't even match where you live? See, all of you are like, you thought you had problems. No, you don't. Somebody's like, I thought it was just me. No, it's 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 us. He said, I just want you to drive better. There's no ticket, get home safe. And you thought I could be like celebrating like the battle is the Lord's. No, 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 no. The Lord rebuked me. He said, sometimes, Josh, it's not spiritual. Sometimes you just need to drive better. Sometimes the enemy's not after us. We're just irresponsible with our budget. Is this all right? Because I want to be spiritual, but I also want to be practical. Sometimes we're being irresponsible and saying, God, can you get me out again? Can you get me out again? And he's like, no because you get alert. So even though I want you to surrender and have faith and war in the spirit and worship, sometimes just drive better. As I was praying up here today, I really felt like the Lord was challenging me to just ask the question, are you in a battle right now? Are you in a battle in your home and in your marriage and your finances with your children, with 